What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 15 of the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at ImmaxSports. Instagram at ImmaxSports. TikTok at ImmaculateSports. Kyle's doing some great stuff on there, as always. Check it out. We got a pretty fun show for you guys tonight. We're going to go through some of the big NFL headlines. Full NBA predictions. Predictions, preview for the season. Today is the first day. Also, we're going to talk about some college football and some potential MLB trades. Yeah, we're jam-packed today. we got a full schedule. It's going to be fun. Brett's here as well. Yes, sir. we got no Alex. Uh, we might have a little feature down the road as well. Oh, yeah. Let's get into the opener, shall we? Yes, sir. It's my opener. We're going to Arizona. Uh, one thing I did like that wasn't my opener is the Hurts-Kyler battle. But I'm talking about Kyler and D-Hop today. Kyler, man, he threw 406 yards, four total touchdowns, did throw that pick, and DeAndre Hopkins, nine receptions, 169 yards, and a touchdown. This duo is just, it's so fun to watch, and that touchdown that he had to him late in the game, I mean, D-Hop's just another level of, like, not just his ability to catch the ball, but to, like, hold on to it when he's coming to the ground and stuff, is it's on another level, and how big his hands are, it's just, it's mm-hmm. insane. I didn't see much this weekend that I enjoyed. It was pretty painful for me, but I did like the Monday night football game last night. Cincinnati with the 27-17 to win over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, that's three losses in a row. That is not good. <laughs> Ryan Finley running the read option all over their top defense. And, you know, for Cincinnati, this is interesting, too, because if Finley is their guy, they might not have to go out and pay for an expensive veteran quarterback is uh, Joe Burrow likely out for the entire year. That means you don't have to give Mariota $100 million. Well, Mariota is already under contract for next year. Okay, you don't have to give Ryan Fitzpatrick $20 million. There you go. I, I loved what I saw out of Finley as far as Cincinnati. He ran that read option well. More athletic than I than I thought going to yeah. the game. Exactly, yeah. But for me, I'm going to college football. Pac-12 championship game last Friday. My Oregon Ducks... Who really, honestly, should not have been in that game. Washington, unable to play due to COVID reasons. But Oregon, going to USC's home field and taking out USC to win a Pac-12 championship, that was my favorite thing. Oh, yeah. Weekend. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a star. He is. He's like a young Von Miller. Yeah, he he was the most influential player in that game, both sides of the ball for either team. He's he's a star. It was a fun game to watch. And uh, Oregon took the lead quite early in that game, too. They did. It was like 14 nothing within like five minutes. And, that, and Keaton didn't play good either. Keaton did not have to No, play. I believe he had three interceptions. He's had two three-interception games throughout his college career, both mm-hmm. have come against Oregon. Yeah. Keaton Slavis. Let's get, let's get into our own team reports. Can't wait to hear Skylar's, but let's talk mm-hmm. about the Raiders first. There's another rough week in uh, Las Vegas. We fell to... The Chargers, in overtime, when uh, Justin Herbert snuck it across the line on a QB sneak on like second and third and goal, whatever it may be, but it's from the one. The defense was horrific. It was very tough to watch, but I kind of expected going into it with no Abram, no Arnett, no Morrow, and no Cleveland Furl. On the offensive side of the ball, it was kind of fun to watch, not going to lie. After Carr got hurt, I was a little scared. But then I watched Mariota and his first drive where he went down the field, marched down the field, uh, finishing off with a 35-yard touchdown to Darren Waller. Uh, great play by him and Waller on that throw and run or catch. Mariota played actually pretty well in my opinion. I think his mi- mistakes uh, can be excused. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. We have 
little segment with that with a uh, Mariota and Carr coming up. But I was I was content to watch it. I think uh, if Mariota does play in Miami, I will be very intrigued. <sighs> Guys, the message from the Meadowlands uh, is being temporarily renamed to the Duval County Domino Effect because the New York Jets beat the Rams twenty-three to twenty on Sunday. Adam Gase outcoached Sean McVay, the young genius, somehow. The young genius you know, of Adam Gase. Like we all expected to yeah. happen. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. No Trevor Lawrence anymore. He's not coming to the Jets, uh, which is very disappointing. It made me nauseous watching the end of this game, knowing what Frank Gore was doing to our future. <laughs> and, you know, I, I do have to give some credit where it's due, though. Because even though you no know, Trevor Lawrence, that doesn't mean the future is is ruined. We still have Mackay Becton, who absolutely destroyed Aaron Donald. It's great to see. Quinn and Williams looking like an all-pro. He was unguardable this game, unstoppable. Nathan Shepard, the young D-lineman, had a sack, two tackles for loss. It was great. And Marcus May was, was amazing as well. But right now, our future's on hold. We need Jacksonville. To beat Chicago, please, please Jacksonville, everyone in Duval County, Trubisky, I know it's inside you. Just please Trubisky it up for us for one week. Skeller's praying right now. I know you can't see it. We don't have the video. Hands and knees. Skeller is praying. Uh, you know, I'm thinking this might be a little inside job from Frank Gore. I think he might want to go get a, it's maybe a front office job or maybe the backup running back job over there in Florida. They got nice weather sometimes. I mean, well, this is most likely Frank Gore's last season, I would yeah. assume. If I'm Frank Gore, I don't want to go out on an 0-16 season to finish mm-hmm. what's otherwise been a remarkable career. I'm sure he had a little more incentive than most guys on the Jets to go win that game, especially the front office. The front office is probably looking like Skyler right now, looking like he wants to cry. But I know we'll, we'll go into the 49ers. I'm, I'm going to keep it positive for the 49ers. We suck. We don't have a quarterback. We're injured. But we do have three pro bowlers. Kyle Juszczyk makes his fifth pro bowler. Fifth Pro Bowl, excuse me. Trent Williams is eighth, and Fred Warner, who in my eyes is the best middle linebacker in the NFL, makes his first, and he will most likely be getting all pro recognition by the end of the season. At least one would hope. Uh, And some news out of Niners camp today: we signed Josh Rosen. I like it. I like it a lot. Josh Rosen off of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad. Uh, Nick Mullins today announced out for the season, getting Tommy John surgery. Uh, I'm not sure the impact that has on quarterbacks. I'm not sure if he'll miss most of next year. Ben came back. Pretty After the season. So. so, hopefully Mullins is back next year. Probably not with the Niners, but for another team. C.J. Beathard will get the start this week versus Arizona. Not expecting much out of him. Uh, we won't. We likely won't have a backup quarterback this week, though. With Josh Rosen not being able to pass COVID guidelines or whatever you want to call yeah, you got to have six negative tests and, before you join a team. Uh, yeah, our only updates. other quarterback currently healthy was Josh Johnson, practice squad quarterback. He went on the COVID list today. Oh. So, <laughs> it will be Jared. He might be, able, he might be able to come back on that day. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if it's final, but it was announced that Jarek McKinnon or Kyle Juszczyk will be the emergency quarterback if needed and something happens to CJ Beathard. Wow. So, something to possibly look for in that Niners-Cardinals game this weekend. And that's why I'm not starting Brandon Ayuk in my fantasy championship because I do not trust C.J. Beathard 
the I was not either. You mean if you hypothetically went to the championship? I am. He is in the championship. Uh, but Nick Mullins, dude, that guy loved Brandon Ayuk. Definitely would have started him if he was starting, but with no Mullins, oh. he's no Ayuk for me. One more positive from Fortnite is George Kittle likely to play this weekend, and oh. Jimmy Garoppolo did practice, but is not expected to suit up Sunday. Or Saturday, excuse me. Are those wow. positives, or do you want to lose, though? So. I would like to see Kittle play. I don't think we win even with Kittle. If Beathard's playing quarterback, we don't win. I, I think that's the bottom line. Did you guys get the uh, Amazon Prime game? Uh, Saturday? Uh, I'm just going to watch it on Twitch. I have Amazon Prime, so I do oh, okay. I'm okay. going to watch it on Twitch. And, and it's also on Twitch. Yeah. Check out Tim the Tatman or Nick Merckx. And CrackStreams.com, the fastest illegal stream from Vietnam. Not a sponsor. I don't <laughs> even think they want to say that. <laughs> Let's just get into where's your head at, man. So we talked about the Jets. Skyler talked about them in length and mm. uh, put all of his emotion into it. But what do the Jets do now? What's the next step for this New York team? Right now, you got to lose out. Um, I don't want to see goddamn Frank Gore touch the ball one more time this season. And I want to see James Morgan, the rookie quarterback, take some snaps. I know Gase says the playbook's too complicated. That's that's You hand up the ball to Frank Gore 20 times a game. What do you mean it's too complicated? All right, I'm going to try to keep my composure here and finish. Um, but what really depends on the future of the Jets is what type of coach they bring in. You know, the reason why Joe Douglas came to New York is because he really liked Sam Darnold. If he tries to match that, then I could see the Jets trading down from the two spot, taking a guard, receiver, edge, or corner. But the more probable result of this, this meaningless win over the Rams would be they bring in a college coach who likes Justin Fields. And actually another good sign, though, is the Jets have a lot of money to spend in free agency. The COVID cap hit is going to be huge, which means probably about 16 of the NFL teams won't be able to sign anybody. That's good for the Jets. That's all I have for you guys. That was painful, but here we go. If I'm the Jets, the first thing you got to look at is who's the next head coach. Um, I don't think the Jets will win in the next coming weeks. I I think it was a fluky win. I think the Rams played horrible. McVay came in a little unprepared, it seemed like. you you're, The next coach has to find a quarterback he loves, whether mm-hmm. that's Darnold, whether it's Field, or whether it's Trey Lance, whoever whoever that coach loves. Desmond Ritter. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be like dependent it. on that. Um, but the Jets have more needs than just a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget that because... Everyone's been talking about Trevor Lawrence to the Jets. He's, he's the savior. He's the next big mm-hmm. thing. The Jets have holes at practically every position still. Yeah. Now that they have the number two pick, if I'm the Jets, I'm trading that pick and acquiring more assets, fill more holes. Justin Fields, I don't think has a huge difference than other guys like the BYU quarterback, mm-hmm. Lance, Mac Jones. There's, there's other guys that you can get to hopefully, you know, become the guy as Kyrie Irving hits a shot from half court. <laughs> but if I'm the Jets, I'm trading down in the draft and working from there. Yeah. You know, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you real quick because I just thought of this. I'm sorry, Kyle. Uh, before the season, you know, the Jets weren't really looking for a new quarterback. And I feel like the only reason why people have been doubting Darnold is because Trevor Lawrence was an option. Now that Lawrence is not an option, I feel like they wouldn't 
give up on him so quickly. You know, you got to remember, he's Sam Darnold's 23. He's younger than Joe Burrow. That's like saying, ah, oh, Burrow threw two picks against Pittsburgh and then got hurt. He's a fucking bust. Got to give him a chance. Oh, well, yeah, he has had, had his chance, though. What is it? Nothing around year right now? It's his third year. Third yeah. year? Okay, so he he's right around there. They can probably pick up his fifth-year option, though. Yeah. In this offseason. But, uh, you know, if I'm the Jets, I think I... Well, I base my future offseason off of is the QB stock in the, in the draft. If the, the QBs are rising and there's there's guys like Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields, Trey Lance that seem like a solid pick at two, then I think you're going to have to keep that pick. But if you're able to get those guys at seven or eight, you are able to trade down that pick for perhaps a second rounder and maybe even trade Sam Darnold for a second, second rounder, maybe even a, a first. I'd see, like, Pittsburgh perhaps being a mm-hmm. spot that he could go. But I think the Jets have to build through the draft right now, and they are one of the few teams that has money in free agency, and I think they got to be able to hit on their free agency, and that also all starts with the coaching position. If Adam Gase is there, they're not going to get Allen Robinson. No. They're not going to get uh, all these uh, free agents that are going to be there because nobody likes Gase. That, that's a well-known thing. It's like Matt Patricia. Pat- Patricia was a terrible coach, and people just didn't – come to Detroit and they want out of Detroit just because of him. That's a very similar situation over there in New York. But if they find a guy like Eric Bieniemy, I don't think that's going to be the guy there. I think Bieniemy perhaps goes to the Chargers. But that's that's yeah. a possibility, but we just got to wait for Black Monday. Oh, yeah. Gates gets fired. That's true. And then we could start the rebuild. Yeah, but it, it all it all determines or all depends on the QB draft stock. And the head coach of the New York yes. Jets. Very good take, Kyle. Let's go to another AFC East team in the Buffalo Bills who clinched their first division in 25 years. The Bills fans were ecstatic when the, the team returned from Denver. We saw Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen all, all going crazy on social media and in real life with just how much how much love they had for Bills Mafia and what a time it is right, right over there. But it doesn't matter if you win the division. It matters if you win the Super Bowl. That's what that's what that's what keeps people there. That's what keeps the players there. That's what makes everybody happy. And if you're gonna win the Super Bowl, you have to go through one team, and that team is located in Kansas City, and they are the Kansas City Chiefs, led by Patrick Mahomes and company. Is this Buffalo Bills team a legitimate threat to our reigning Super Bowl champs? Yeah, I think the Bills are the second best team in the NFL right now. Obviously, Diggs and Cole Beasley are amazing. Um, that offense, if you fall asleep, they'll kill you underneath with the screens and the slants. And empty gun. Your quarterback can turn into a running back. That's really hard to stop. You know, I'm not necessarily saying they would beat Kansas City, but I think they've turned into that number two team right now. Yeah. The NFL, any team can beat any other team on any given Sunday. And we saw that. The Jets just be a division-leading Los Angeles Rams. Not leading the division anymore? Not anymore, but at the time, they were. The game this week. I think the Bills can beat the Chiefs any given Sunday. They have enough talent. Josh Allen's playing at an MVP level right now. Stephon Diggs is on another world this year, leading the NFL in receptions. Solid defense. But are they a legit threat? I don't think so. I don't think any team is a super legit threat to the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are head and shoulders above any other team. But is that to say they won't go out there and lay an egg on a Sunday? No. I I think any team in the AFC can beat the Chiefs.
but will they is a different story, and I don't think any team will. So No. I think the Chiefs are legitimately unbeatable if they play a good game. And for you to beat them, even if they aren't good, you still have to be perfect. You legitimately have to be perfect, and that's what the Raiders were. Why wouldn't they beat them? They played the best game I've ever seen the Raiders play, and they were the legitimate threat to the Chiefs. But now that they're gone, they won't be making the playoffs, unfortunately. The Bills are their biggest threat, and even then, they are not a threat to the Chiefs. You, you have to play perfect to get this against this team. Like You cannot make a mistake. You can't. You can't have one small, minuscule thing like penalties. Even if you just have a couple big penalties, it's over. You throw a couple picks, it's over. You fumble the ball in the red zone, it's over. It's 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 like you, you have to be perfect to beat this Kansas City team. And I don't think, even at that point, that you still have the greatest shot at beating them. Yeah. You know, I was thinking a lot about that Kansas City-Tampa game a couple weeks ago. And... The fact that Tom Brady could play such a horrible game, but that defense kept him in until the end, that would be a great Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the Bucs are the team in the I think, to make Honestly, it. I think any NFC team, flip a coin, it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's the NFC is wide open right now, whether it be the Packers, the Saints, mm-hmm. the Bucks, the Seahawks, the Rams. There's just a lot of teams right there. Hell, yeah. you could even throw in the Cardinals. They, I feel like they can beat anybody, but can also lose to anybody. Let's go to the AFC West now. Or we're not talking about the Chiefs. We're talking about the Raiders. The Raiders had an injury on Thursday night uh, when Derek Carr rolled out to his right on a third and goal pass. He he started limping. He uh, pulled his groin. Ended up not being anything major. But then the narrative all changed. When Marcus Mariota came in and actually played a really good game. He made a couple big mistakes, but as I said in the opener, I think they're excusable just because of this lack of practice in the last week starting a Thursday night game. It's like the second team quarterback isn't going to get a lot of reps with the first team offense. And just in the season in general, putting all it all into a live defense is, is, is puzzling in the first game. And so I think his mistakes are excusable there. But it poses the question, Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr at the helm of the Las Vegas Raiders? Your long-term answer has to be Derek Carr. Um, Mariota did show a lot of flashes, uh, obviously including the quarterback in the running game. is something the Raiders haven't seen in a while, and I'm sure that well, made the, you feel pretty good. The thing that was frustrating <laughs> is that Carr is a good athlete. He's fast, mm-hmm. he's able to run. But his security, his ball security, when he's running the ball, is the reason why they don't run it. Is because mm-hmm. he's not going to take a tackle and hold on to the football. He's just not. He's going to fumble every single time. But having Mariota gives you that dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, Mariota did. I know it was uh, kind of the spur of the moment thing. Mariota hadn't played, had not played yet this year. But he did make a lot of mistakes. And this happens every year with the backup quarterbacks. Think of Nick Foles, right? He comes in, starts lighting it up. You're like, wow, this guy shouldn't have been a backup. Why isn't he playing all year? And then you realize, oh, shit, this guy can't read a zone defense. That's why he hasn't been playing. You know, I feel like it'll come eventually, and that's why Carr has to be your long-term answer. But Mariota has shown some flashes. Yeah. I mean, if you're the Los Angeles Chargers, you go in that game game planning for Derek Carr. Exactly. You're not ready for Marcus Mariota to come out here. You know, I'm not sure if you guys ran read option or whatever, but you know, they ran it a few times. It's like there's a mobile quarterback who's more than willing to run the ball. 
it, it throws a different look at the defense. Um, with that being said, I agree with Skyler. I think Derek Carr is the long-term answer for the Raiders. I mean, there's a reason Marcus Mariota was ran out of Tennessee. I love the guy at Oregon, probably my favorite. He was the guy that made me like Oregon mm-hmm. as a college. Just fun athlete to watch. But there was a reason Ryan Tannehill is currently the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans and not Mariota. He, he has his flaws. Uh, with that being said, I think Marcus Mariota should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. If you give me a list of every single quarterback, he's in my top 32. I don't think there's any question about that. However, with Gruden, I think you have to have a Derek Carr. Uh, maybe give Mariota a shot this week. Let Carr get healthy. At this point, your playoff chances are minuscule. It's, it's not going to happen. Maybe see what you have, and you know you can further determine after that. But I'm still rolling with Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since Derek Carr was drafted, what's one thing that Derek has had during the season on that Raiders team with his job? Security. He, he's never yeah. had a backup that's pressed him. He's never had a guy that's made him say, hey, I really got to turn it on right here because this guy might go take my job. He's never had that. There's a little speculation when Gruden came if Carr was going to be his guy in the offseason and stuff. But once it got to the season, it was Carr's job and Carr's job only. It wasn't going to be Mike Lennon's last year. Obviously wasn't not be, Peterman. <laughs> wasn't going to be Peterman. wasn't going to be EJ Manuel's in years past. It wasn't going to be uh, McGloin, Matt McGloin. It wasn't going to be Connor Cooks. Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer was not <laughs> He did there. have him for a year, He right? was not there, though. Oh, oh okay. Because okay. Derek Carr was after Palmer. Game. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. It's all good. But, uh... Mariota's giving him that press right now, and if Carr's not on his A game, don't be shocked if Gruden says, hey, Carr, get out of there, Mariota's coming in, and he's going to finish off his game in Miami. Uh, personally, I do want Mariota to play in Miami. I just want to see what we have in him. If he's if he plays well against that defense over there, uh, it's not in my. I keep on saying in Miami. It's in Las Vegas, but I want him to play mm-hmm. against Miami. Uh just to see what we have in him. I mean, he was very electric in the plays that he had. He threw a solid deep ball, honestly. I didn't think he was going to throw some of the balls that he did. But, I mean, they worked most of the time. And then he, he brought the run game. And we br- saw a physical, athletic quarterback that we we know Derek Carr can have. But he just doesn't because of his ball security. I mean, Carr's a great athlete. I've always loved watching him run. But he just fumbles it too much, man. It's, it's it's annoying on that part. And Mariota doesn't do that, so it's like there's a trade-off. I don't yeah, know. I understand. Though, like, I really want to see James Morgan play. You know, is he better than Darnold? Ooh. Probably not. James Morgan. James Morgan, fourth-round <laughs> pick out of Florida International. If we're using a fourth-round pick on a quarterback, I want to see. Why? Why did you take him that high, Joe Douglas? If he sucks, then... C.J. Beathard was a third-round pick. That doesn't yeah. mean the quarterback's good. Yeah. And C.J. Beathard is probably going to go for less than 200 yards and two-plus interceptions this week. Mm-hmm. So. But as far as this this rest of the year goes, I think you got to stick with Mariota until he, he can't go anymore. And it's you just got to see what you have and then make the decision mm-hmm. in the offseason on what you want to do. Absolutely. So we might have written off Carr's job. Are we going to write off the Pittsburgh Steelers season as well? Uh, yeah, the Steelers are about done. Uh, they still have a great pass rush, great defense, but Bud Dupree's out. They lost three in a row. They've completely eliminated the running game. I mean, I really like... I mean, all of them. Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, um, John Connor when he's healthy, or Jalen Samuels. 
And they, they just don't... John Connor. John, sorry, Jan, that's his brother. Yeah. He's a pullback for the Jets. Sorry, it's in my mind. It's I did not know that. But anyways, Ben's banged up. Uh, he said it the other night, but that's no excuse. They got to change something. Because it's, it's not looking pretty. The Steelers are a playoff team. They've already clinched a playoff spot. But if they don't figure something out immediately, they will not win a single game in that AFC playoff picture. Mm-hmm. The wild card position is too deep, whether it's you know Baltimore, Miami. It, it's very possible that the Browns end up winning that division and they're facing a division winner it is. in that first round. If Pittsburgh and Cleveland both win next week, it sets up a Week 17 matchup for the division. Whatever team wins that game, I believe, is the division winner. Um, Cleveland, not Cleveland, sorry, Pittsburgh, they they went away from that physical run game they started early in the year with. They have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL still. Ben Ben's old. I, I'm not sure his age, but you can't have him throwing the ball 40-plus times a game and expect to be competitive each and every week. You need to find a balance. The defense is a little beat up, missing two linebackers, Devin Bush and Robert Spillane. I believe a corner, and then obviously Bud Dupree, who was having possibly a Pro Bowl caliber season. Before he got hurt. Right now, I do not like Pittsburgh, and I believe they're dead come playoff time. We have an 11 0 team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm saying right now, we're going to have an 11 and 5 team come playoff time and a wild card team. Who would have thought? A team that pretty much seemed like they were going to. They had a very good shot of winning out, just going 16 0, just running the table completely. And now it seems like they might lose the table completely and just get knocked out in the wild card round as well. And I think it's going to happen. This team just looks defeated. And their defense is not the same as what it was in the beginning of the season. Obviously, they have a whole bunch of injuries. But, I mean, 27 points to the Cincinnati Bengals with Ryan Finley at the helm. That's not acceptable. And no it's offense to Ryan Finley, but no. that, he should not be putting up 27 points. Yeah, it, no, it, and they should have been worse, too. Yeah. You know how many picks Cincinnati dropped? If you're putting up set or allowing 27 points to the Bengals, can you imagine what a Chiefs team would do to you? Can you imagine? They'd beat you by 60. That'd be the first quarter for them. They'd put up 27 points in the first quarter, and then probably just mail it in from that point because they'll be they'll know they'll. Can we talk about Juju for a second? I don't know. We've seen any more dances. I'm telling you that. I Juju. I love his personality. You know, he he has fun. He's a, he, he enjoys himself out there, but his antics have put a target on that team's back in a way. I yeah. know Buffalo came out Most pissed off. Teams. Cleveland, or not Cleveland, excuse me, Cincinnati, that's the most physical football game I've seen played all year. Yeah. yeah. That hit that Juju, I, I forget who, uh, Von, Von, Bell, Von Bell, I believe his name is, safety. Stick. Juju went flying yeah. on that hit. That was one of the biggest hits I've seen in years after, you know, all the rule changes with the helmet to helmet. I enjoyed watching Cincinnati play last night, and that's the first mm-hmm. time I can legitimately say that all year. Cincinnati yeah. was a fun watch. Yeah, you know, Juju is a guy that the Jets probably would have signed this year. He's great friends with Sam Darnold, but after all this BS, I'm I'm not sure I would like that. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Does it matter what you like, though? Yeah. <laughs> we have the Jets' biggest fan here. Of course Joe, it matters. Joe Douglas. In the right, future uh, game. Joe Douglas, if you're listening right now. Skyler does not want Juju, so... Bring us A-Rob instead. 
But yeah, it's it's fun seeing that uh, like Pittsburgh Cincinnati rivalry mm-hmm. renewed. That that's always been a fun one in the mid 2010s, 13, 14, 15. Those games with AB Vontez Perfect Mont or Martavius Bryant. Those those Pac-Man teams were fun. Just going at it. Dalton and AJ Green. Yeah, they, the they hated <laughs> each other. It was it was fun to watch. We saw it a little bit again last last night. I don't think we're gonna see it next year. I think. Bengals team is kind of it's going to be another seller next year. It's it's kind of inevitable. You know, at this point they're Burrow. just waiting for Burrow. Yeah, it? and it doesn't help you to even go win games next year because like you have a chance to go get like an amazing draft pick for three years in a row. Now yeah. you get Burrow, you get another guy this year, and you get another guy next year. It just doesn't make sense for them to start winning right now. But let's go to the Colts. Uh, we're we're going a little hypothetical. Here. We love the hypotheticals here. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talk about them quite often. We're gonna talk about one here on the show. That's the Andrew Luck hypothetical. We saw him retire two years ago, prior to the season. And now, the Colts are a great team. They have a great O line. They have great defense. Good run game. Okay, wide receivers. And they have Philip Rivers. If Philip Rivers is gone, Andrew Luck is there. Where is this team right now? You know, Andrew Luck, throughout his career, with no help whatsoever, constantly put up 10 to 12 win seasons. So, I'm going to say it, guys. Indy goes 16-0 this year. They have Andrew Luck. All right? I've looked at the schedule. They have an amazing defense. Uh, Where am I on my notes? Sorry, boys. (laughs) Um, uh, The three-headed monster at running back. And Rivers is not going to take this team on a Super Bowl run. He's just not capable of taking over a game. Andrew Luck could do that. Throwing, running, scheming up, madness. <laughs> All of it. That's why he was one of the best. Andrew yeah. Luck would be in his prime right now mm-hmm. if he continued to play in the NFL. If the Colts have a healthy Andrew Luck, which we weren't lucky enough to see very often... He wasn't healthy, which is why he retired. But if we saw a healthy Andrew Luck this year for a full season with the same roster the Colts have, I don't think they go 16-0. I think that's a bit of a stretch to predict any team to go 16-0. But I put them right up there in the conversation behind the Chiefs still with mm-hmm. Buffalo. Probably for that 2, 3, 4, fourth best team All right. in the league. Phillip Rivers, in my opinion, is the only thing really holding that Colts team back. They're talented everywhere on defense. They don't really have a weakness. They have good enough wide receivers, great online, the best offensive lineman in football, in yeah. my opinion, yeah. uh, and Quentin Nelson. Man, how about, can we talk about that? They traded back in that draft, mm-hmm. got the Jets picks, mm-hmm. and took Quentin Nelson instead mm-hmm. of Darnold. How about that? It's crazy. Quentin Nelson, <laughs> offensive linemen aren't talked about a lot just because not a glorious position. He is one of the most impactful his overall best players in the NFL. Yeah, that's true. He's a beast. Um, but I see them probably having two, three lost season, easily winning that division. I think that propels them above the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. And I think they're a threat can play off them. That's true. I wish this wasn't a hypothetical. I wish it was happening. As a Stanford fan, I always was a big fan of Andrew Luck. Growing up, I had an Andrew Luck Colts jersey when he first uh, got drafted by the yeah. team. And I wish I got to keep wearing that jersey, but it's also too small for me, so I really can't wear it. But uh, let, let's let's go back to it. If they had Andrew Luck, 
this this is a 12 to 14 win team because just having that elite quarterback just sets you away from other teams but it doesn't put you near the Chiefs at all again you have to have a perfect game and even when you do have a perfect game you might not want to get that's where we disagree I think Andrew Luck would be the X factor to take down Kansas City but no question Another thing that's the deciding factor if that team will be able to take down Kansas or would be mm-hmm. able to take down Kansas City is if you have the T.Y. Hilton of a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. If you have the T.Y. Hilton of when Andrew Luck was there, yeah, I could see it happening. But if you have the T.Y. Hilton of right now, not a chance. He's been very good the past couple weeks. He's, 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 made quiet, a he's quietly made a comeback this season. He's not getting you know the eight receptions a game he was mm-hmm. getting with Luck, but... You never know. Maybe with Luck, he doesn't take that step back this year. Yeah. Philip Rivers yeah. isn't Andrew Luck. Yeah. I mean, Keenan Allen this year has been amazing. Keenan Allen was never this good with Philip Rivers the past couple yeah. years. Philip Rivers has already been on that decline. Yeah, that's true. I, I think T.Y. Hilton doesn't take quite as far as a step back. I, I still think he's you know, top 15 receiver yeah. in the league. Yeah, that's fair. But you know what, guys? We are getting the reincarnation of Andrew Luck. In next year's draft, the six foot six quarterback out of Cartersville, Georgia, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I'm excited to see him. Hopefully, he's not as injury prone. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he's playing for the green good? and white. Uh, I don't think Jacksonville Warriors green and white, but I don't know. Maybe they're going to be coming. But let's uh, let's go to halftime. Yes, sir. Second like halftime. It's halftime. Welcome to halftime, everybody. Woo! We're gonna start it off with a little conference championship week recap. Brett covered the Oregon upset over USC in the Pac-12 championship game on Friday. Very nice. So we're gonna start off with the Saturday games. Number one, Alabama keeps the number one seed with the 52 to 46 win against Florida. Mac Jones went off five touchdowns, 418. Najee Harris also went off. Did. 200 combined yards with five touchdowns. Devontae Smith also, also uh, went off. Yeah. 15 catches, 184, and two touchdowns. But keep in mind, Kyle Trask went off as well. 400 touchdowns. Sorry, 400 yards, three That's touchdowns. Game. He had a uh, day. They didn't run the ball very much, but Kadarius Toney had 153 and a touchdown. Very nice. Bama gets the one seed. It's a wrap. Clemson, Notre Dame, like everyone expected Clemson beat Notre Dame pretty easily Trevor Lawrence looked perfect and it made me so excited until we lost to the Rams but 322 and two touchdowns for him Travis Etienne also had another 100 yards and a touchdown very nice for him uh Ohio State with the 22 to 10 win over Northwestern it started out pretty ugly not gonna lie Justin Fields held under 120 yards and he threw two picks but Trey Sermon, the transfer, 331 rushing yards and two touchdowns. That is a conference championship week rushing record. He went crazy, So dude. congratulations to Trey Sermon. That's going to get him up there in the draft stock, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, bit. I don't know how much, though. It's just with the, the Oh, not a whole. It's just, it'll get his name. Yeah, let's say it'll get his name, you know, rotating like, around. The maybe he doesn't get invited to the combine before this, but now you have to. Did Master Teague do anything? Let's check it out. Master Teague. If 
He's Master not... Teague was the guy coming into this year, and I just haven't uh, heard a lot out of him. Two for 23. Yeah. Jeez. Nah. I mean, he still had a lot near the carry, <laughs> but that doesn't mean yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. He's getting 20 yards per carry. And the last game we're going to talk about is the American Championship game. Woo! Cincinnati with a 27-24 win over Tulsa. Tulsa. We did it. Tulsa. We did it. Cincinnati keeps the perfect season, but they don't get the playoff nod because they almost lost to Tulsa. It was an ugly game. It was pouring down rain. Neither offenses could really get going, but Desmond Ritter at 83 rushing yards, kept the drives going. He got the dub. All right. My next question for you guys. Did the college football playoff committee get the top four right? I think so, yeah. I mean... I like how they did it again, so it's not... I think realistically, in seeding, you probably put it so Clemson, Notre Dame play again, just off a 2-3. and three. I think Clemson goes 2, Notre Dame goes 3. Ohio State stays at 4, and with Alabama at 1. But obviously, they don't want Clemson, Notre Dame again, because yeah. we've already seen that twice this year. And uh, Ohio State-Clemson is going to be a fun one. Yeah... To me, my perfect four would have included Florida. Uh, I don't think this should have happened. I, I think the four that they had was right, although I think Florida is one of the top four teams probably in college football this year. And I would have liked to see Kyle Trask in mm-hmm. that situation. Uh, Ohio State was probably the team I would have left out if I had it my way, uh, just yeah. for the simple fact that they've only played six games. Um, you, you can't deny Alabama, Notre Dame... Or Clemson, that top four spot, they've all deserved it. And in their own way, Ohio State has as well. But I would have liked to see Florida somehow you know, slip in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they did get the four, right, which is the ultimate goal. You know, Texas A&M fans aren't going to be very happy. But if the best thing on your resume is, we lost to Alabama, then you probably shouldn't be getting into the playoff. But anyways, sticking with the college football playoff. All right, we got couple of very good semifinal games and there's going to be some Heisman contenders playing there and my top three right now are going to be number three Devontae Smith receiver from Alabama number two Kyle Trask quarterback from Florida and number one I'm sticking with Trevor Lawrence I just believe that it should go to the most outstanding college player and yeah Devontae Smith is one of the best players we've seen in college history. But you know what? It's the award the award doesn't go to the player in the best scheme fit. I think Trevor Lawrence was the most outstanding. Alrighty. I, I, I agree with you that Trevor Lawrence is the best player mm-hmm. in college football. But for me, if I were able to choose the three in my order, I am gonna be a little different here. I know it's a quarterback award and we'll see more quarterbacks mm-hmm. there than not. But I'm gonna leave Trevor Lawrence completely out of the list. Just for the simple Ooh. fact that he didn't play a full season. That's, that's right. the only he still reason. played more than most of the year. Yeah, or most that, of the, that, that's the only reason. But I, I'm going to go a little different here. I'm going to go Najee Harris at number three. Uh, absolutely amazing day, conference championship. He's He hasn't been talked a lot with those Alabama guys there right now. But he's quietly put together really an amazing campaign and tons of touchdowns. Number two, Kyle Trask. We all know what he's done this year. Uh, he's been amazing for Florida. And number one, I'm going to go Devontae Smith. He's He's been the best player besides Trevor Lawrence in college football. Every week, week in, week out, he's putting up ridiculous stats with Mac Jones. And at some point, I think it's too much to overlook. 
All right. Me and the Brett have me and Brett have the exact same list. Technology's number three. Kyle Trask is number two. And Devonta Smith is number one. I don't think Devonta Smith will get it, but Agreed. I think he deserves it. Uh, Skyler, yeah, you did say that. Oh, Trevor Lawrence has played more games than most of the people that are up there, but he hasn't played more than Najee. Hasn't played more than Devonta Smith. That is true. More hasn't played more than Kyle Trask. Shall we go to our NFL power rankings? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's take it let's away. Week six or week fifteen brought some interesting things. A uh, couple. Good teams not playing as good as we thought they would. Cool, bad teams playing better. Should I lead us off with my top ten? Go ahead. All right, coming in at number ten, we got the Rams dropping four spots. At number nine, staying at the same spot is Miami Dolphins. At number eight, going up two spots is the Tennessee Titans. At number seven, going down two spots is the Pittsburgh Steelers. At number six, going up two spots is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number five, going up two spots is the Seattle Seahawks. Number four, staying in the same place as the Saints. Number three, staying in the same place as the Packers. Number two, staying in the same place as the Bills. And number one, it's been the same every single week of the year, the Kansas City Chiefs. For me, I'm going to have the Cleveland Browns at 10. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 9. The Colts at 8. The Rams fall after losing to the Jets. 7. Number six is the Tennessee Titans. Moving into the top five is the Seattle Seahawks. Four, New Orleans Saints. Green Bay at three. Buffalo two. And as always, Kansas City is number one. All right. I'm going to take it from the top here. Number one, Kansas City. Number two, Buffalo. Number three, Tennessee. Number four, Baltimore. Number five, Pittsburgh. Then number six, Green Bay. Seven, New Orleans. Eight, Cleveland. 9 Indianapolis, and 10 Seattle. There's a little trend with my picks here. Yeah. Yeah. You like it, um, don't you? Uh, this week I thought about it pretty much like, would you take any NFC team over the AFC teams? And no, I think Baltimore and Pittsburgh would destroy Green Bay or New Orleans in a game. I do not. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. Especially Pittsburgh right now. I, I think pretty much every playoff team beats Pittsburgh right now. And Baltimore, I haven't seen enough of to put them in that right. conversation. Cleveland, Cleveland's getting there. Mm-hmm. Cleveland has proved, I think, all of us wrong. Uh, we, we had Cleveland as the worst whatever record they were team to ever yeah, exist. Yeah. Cle- Cleveland's, Cleveland's grown on me a little. Baltimore, still not there yet. And Pittsburgh has been god-awful. Uh, I think, well, one first off, we'll be able to see if the AFC teams live up to the hype. Yeah, yeah. The NFC teams don't live up to the hype with my game of the week. Uh, little preview, I guess I kind of just spoiled it. But it's, it's the, the Titans and the Packers on Sunday night. It's going to be a fun game, I think, to the offenses going at it. It's going to be unstoppable for both defenses, especially if this is how they play. Tennessee's pass defense isn't good. And we all know the Packers' run defense is not near where it needs to be. So, we had a... A fallen member of the NFL community mm-hmm. uh, passed away yesterday in Hall of Famer and one of the greatest pass rushers of all time in Kevin Green. Uh, 58 years old, way too young, man. Yeah. Former Carolina Panther, Pittsburgh Steeler, 
St. Louis Ram. I think they were in St. Louis at the, the time. Niners for and, a small while. And I couldn't remember yeah. the last team. It might have been the Niners. But anyway, he was a member of the 100 Sack Club. He was a member of the 10 by 10, which is 10 seasons with 10 sacks. Former outside linebacker coach for the Jets. He'll be missed. He was a legend. Yeah. You know? It, exactly. Sad. Yeah. Lion, lion the, the mood a little bit. Let's go to the Falcons blowing another lead. <laughs> Make fun of the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, making fun of the Falcons is kind of like a relieving thing. Uh, they were up 17 nothing at halftime versus the Bucks. It seemed like it was, oh, it wasn't gonna get blown. I mean, they allowed a touchdown early, but they answered back with a touchdown pretty soon after that. And it seemed like it was it was gonna stay like 24 to seven, I believe it was. With halfway through the third quarter, it seemed like it's just gonna be a W for the Falcons. Tom Brady took down the Falcons again, mm-hmm. made him choke another lead, and the Falcons are a meme once again. Oh, when you see Brady in that pose when he's looking down, hands in his lap, you know yeah. it's done. It's, it's over. over. It's over. <laughs> it's, it's a scary pose. So the Pro Bowl uh, rosters were announced over the past few days, I think. Is yeah, yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday yeah. And there's quite a few snubs, in my opinion. Yeah. Let's go over a few. You know, obviously the Pro Bowl doesn't mean a whole lot, but when there's this many obvious players left off the roster, there's a problem. Also, keep in mind that the game is actually not happening this year, yeah. so it's not going to be like there's reserves it's coming in. It's just going to be yeah. there, the guys there, and that's it. So first off, Bud Dupree, you think he should have made it, or yes or no? Absolutely. Before he got hurt, he was one of the best pass rushers in the league. If he stayed healthy and continued to produce at the pace he was, yes. But that one's not a huge snub for me just for the fact that he wasn't healthy. So I'm not too upset about that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. playing 11 games, I think it's going to be tough to get in no matter what. But, hey, maybe he was the key to the Steelers' defense. 11-0 mm-hmm. with him, 0-3 without him. True. Next up, DeForest Buckner. Oh, yeah. He was one of the best players in the NFL this year on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, yeah. this was probably the most obvious one missing from the roster. It's not much more to say about him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the lineman who made it from the AFC. Chris Jones, Cameron Hayward, Clay Campbell. I, I can see Buckner. Chris Jones had like two sacks this year. Yeah, DeForest got Buckner. by Beckton. DeForest Buckner's had a top three PFF grade this year. He's yeah. been amazing. I, I saw him with the San Francisco 49ers and... From everything I've heard out of Indianapolis, this has been his best season of his career. And if he had the best season of his career, there's no way he should be left off a Pro Bowl roster. Was he a Pro Bowler last year? Uh, I believe he was not elected, but he was a sub. Oh. So he, he came, but he was not originally selected. Well, he also well he didn't, he didn't go because you guys were in the school. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Depot, I think he's, he's the piece that kind of brought this Indianapolis Colts, Colts defense, like... To be the unit that they are as like one of the best in all the NFL, for that sole reason alone. Stats aside, I think he should have made it. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the tight end position, where two NFC tight ends were left out in favor of Evan Ingram. <laughs> this, this one's embarrassing. This doesn't make sense at all. Logan Thomas and Bob Tanyan, Robert Tanyan, I call him Bob. Everybody calls him Bob. Big Bob Tanyan. They were left off the Pro Bowl roster, or as I said. Uh, Evan Ingram. No, Evan Ingram sucks. This is ridiculous. He doesn't suck. I don't know if he sucks, but the the, the stat that 
you look at is Bob Tanyan, Big Bob, had, I believe, 11 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns mm-hmm. this year to Evan Ingram's one. I mean, hell, I, I think George Kittle was more deserving of a Pro Bowl yeah. spot than Evan Ingram, and George Kittle played maybe five games this mm-hmm. year and still put up similar, to not if not better, stats. Uh, th- this this is a mistake on the NFL's part. It, it should have been Tanyan in that spot. Yeah, I don't I don't see how you don't put in Bob Tanyan. I mean, he has ten touchdowns and he has twenty yards less than Evan Ingram, so yeah, he has nine more touchdowns. And, and Evan Ingram is a horrible blocker, so you can't like make yeah, that excuse. Like it's, this, it's, yeah. it doesn't make sense at this point on how like is that fan vote. Fan vote didn't count for anything this I year. Say that's Mekhi Becton was number one in every single player. Mo- more votes than Patrick Mahomes and didn't get in. Yeah, there's no way he had more votes. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a lie. No Ooh. way. All right. What are your... We got uh, New York media. I need sources on that, yeah, but we, let's we move on. I got into a heated Twitter argument with... Uh, actually, I don't think he was a fan of anybody. He was just... Just the guy. He was a hater. Just the dude. <laughs> This is this is my biggest snub here besides the Bob Tanyan one. James Robinson, should he have made it? Yes or no? Yeah, over Jacobs. I know you you probably feel the same. You love Jacobs, but it just wasn't a Pro Bowl year. Yeah, I mean, in some years maybe it's a Pro Bowl year, but you you look at the stats compared to one another, and you got to give it to James Robinson. Mm-hmm. Jacobs average was three point seven yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, Robinson's rookie, think about it, like, over a thousand yards. Philip Lindsay in that same situation, you know, the undrafted free agent made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah. pretty much the same stats. I would, uh, I would have loved to see James Robinson get it. Uh, not, not because I don't want Jacobs to make it. I think Jacobs, even though he didn't have the greatest season, a Pro Bowl is a deserving honor for him. But James Robinson also definitely should have made it. Uh, it's gonna be kind of weird this year as well because you're not gonna get those extra Pro Bowlers that make it because of the. People opting out yeah. or the teams making the Super Bowl. It's just those guys. And so this this honor for this year is going to mean a lot to those yeah. guys for sure. Our next player. Defense player J.C. Jackson has eight picks for the New England Patriots. Yeah, probably the only good player on their team right now. Yeah. Safety or corner? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think he played corner. nickel corner. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so something about him is that for a while he wasn't even on the Pro Bowl ballot. Patriots yeah. were leaving him off the ballot. Uh, and I heard somebody say that Perhaps this is so that Bill Belichick keeps his best players hidden. He doesn't have it publicly known that these guys are that good. Does he make it? Yes or no in your mind? Should have. I mean, the question I have, was he better than Stephon Gilmore? Yes. Because I'm looking at the corners. Xavier Howard, he's been amazing this year. Travis White, Marlon Humphrey, all those guys. I've been deserving, but Stefan Gilmore is also on this list. It's kind of been under the radar, but even before Gilmore got hurt, he didn't have a very good year. Yeah, so if I were to take one out, I'd probably take out Gilmore and replace him with his teammate, J.C. Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to the Patchwork side of it in the NFC. Oh, this one is, this is my This is my biggest snub. Trey Hendrickson, NFL sack leader, did not make Take it away, Brett. I, okay, I'm looking at the defensive end from the NFC. Cameron Jordan, his teammate, who has not been as good as him. Hendrickson is leading the entire league in sacks, not just the Saints. Brandon Graham, he's a good player, but once again, I think Hendrickson's been better. And this one irritates me probably the most, Chase Young. Chase Young is a rookie, and he's Chase Young is going to have 10 Pro Bowls in his he career. Will. He didn't need one this year when nope. he hasn't been as good as 
what Trey Hendrickson has been. I've watched quite a few Saints games this year, and Hendrickson's been a difference maker every time he's been on the field. He's been better than Jordan, better than Graham, better than Young, and there's no way he should have been left off this roster. Yep. Yeah, yeah I I agree. It's Hendrickson's a beast, and they definitely should have put him in. Let's go to the wide receiver. Where Calvin Ridley was left off the roster. Oh, yeah. Calvin Ridley should have been on there. I mean, come on, man. He's been amazing this year. He's been so good. Uh, another guy that might not get the most amount of Pro Bowls in their, in their career. He, yeah. He's going to be a beast, but I don't know. He might be that fringe Pro Bowl guy for a lot of years. For me, I would have taken him over Justin Jefferson. Uh, Ridley missed two games, I believe. And still put up better yep. overall stats than Jefferson. Yeah, they're just slot shaming him. Jeff- Everyone hates a slot receiver. Jefferson is—he had an amazing year, but to overlook Ridley stats for a rookie wide receiver, mm-hmm. I don't—I don't think is right. So I probably would have taken Ridley over Jefferson. Let's go to somebody that's together has very close Ooh. and near, dearest his heart. It's Mackay Beckton. Yes, absolutely. He should have been included. Eric Fisher only made the Pro Bowl because he's a Kansas City Chief. All right, he didn't destroy Joey Bosa, Aaron Donald, Emmanuel Ogba, Frank Clark, all in the same season. You know who did? The rookie, Mackay Becton. I don't think Fisher's the one I'd take off. I'd probably take off Orlando Brown. All right. I, I haven't seen. I, I the couple times I have watched the Chiefs, I've been impressed with Fisher. Brown hasn't been what I thought he would be, so that would probably be the substitution I make. But honestly, I'm okay with Becton being left off. I'm fine with Becton being uh, left off just for a sole reason. He allowed one sack. He who 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 dominated Mackay Becton in the past game? Sure. Max Crosby did. No, 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 no. no Max no, Crosby's no. counterpart. Yeah. Clee. Clean Clean yeah. Did have two forced fumbles against Akai Becton. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just saying that to get in the scouts. Yeah. Can, can, I, can I just say something real quick? A little off topic, but but you'll get some in his career. That's like Tracy. Yeah. Young. Zach Wilson just went 17 for 21 with 350 yards, three touchdowns, and then ran for two more in the first half. Is he better than Trevor Lawrence? No. <laughs> Uh, I think there's a strong case here, Kyle. <laughs> you know they they have been calling him the Mormon Mahomes. I mean, yeah, maybe Trevor Lawrence falls to number two. Yeah, oh, that'd, be, yeah, that'd be a Jags thing. Just take a. That would be a Jags thing. The problem is though, Trevor uh, Jags can't mess this one up. But yeah. Trevor Lawrence grew up like a couple hours away yeah. from Jacksonville. Yeah, Gainesville, Florida. Man. No, let's go. Yeah. He grew up in Cartersville. Uh, same Georgia. thing. Gainesville, quarter. <laughs> it's all the <laughs> south. It doesn't yeah. matter. Let's go to. Uh, Another pass rusher in the NFC who I really don't think should have made just because the other really? guys that were left off is Brian Burns. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I think that the other pass rushers that didn't make it, such as Trey Hendrickson, who are more deserving, not super upset about this one. That's fair. I just think uh, Carolina's getting a little flipped on here because these guys are really good, and we'll talk about the, the next, next guy. guy I think yeah. should have made it. Well, exactly. yeah, let's, here we go. Let's, let's move into that one. Yeah. Let's oh Jeremy Chin. I'm I don't have an intro. Just Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin is very good. He's very good. One of the best safeties in the league this year, and he's a rookie from a D two school. That's I don't think it matters where he's from because he's in the NFL now, and he's being compared I just mean, to like, other. I, I know. I know. I know, I know what you're saying, but <laughs> Quandre Diggs 
Buda Baker, Jamal Adams. I'd say Quandre out for him. Exactly. Jamal Adams has... I, I was talking about Jamal Adams last night. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize how many sacks he had. I know he missed a lot of games, but Jamal Adams is probably a top three safety in the NFC. Buda Baker, absolute stud. Love mm-hmm. him, even though he's a rival. I don't even know what Quandre Diggs has done this year. Had a couple picks. Quandre Diggs isn't a special player, and he hasn't been making special plays like Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin should have got the nod over Quandre Diggs. Yeah, I, I like Chin a lot, and I think the recognition in his uh, rookie year would be a big thing for him. Uh, but another guy who I think will get some nods later on is, in his career for sure. Yeah. Let's go to uh, another Jets player in Quentin Williams. Got Hold on. We got one more guy to talk about. I don't know how to pronounce this guy. Michael Onwenu. Yeah. The rookie right tackle for Michigan. I actually, I hate the Patriots, but I like this guy a lot. He might be even better than Mackay Beckton this year. He's just been solid in the Where draft. Where was he taken in the draft? Because there, there was a lot of tackles taken in the first round of this year's draft. And yeah. I, I'm thinking Sixth of one round. specific tackle. Wow. One specific tackle, not named Mackay Beckton, taken by New, no, taken oh, by a oh, New York team. Oh. That just hasn't panned out the way no, it should have. And this guy's been amazing for the Patriots. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know enough about tackles yeah. to say who should make it and who shouldn't make it. I don't watch Patriots games, but sounds like he had a good year. Yeah, yeah that's about it for him. Skyler, how about Quinnen, man? Quinnen Williams. I'm not surprised because interior D-line is... It's a short list, but it's top-heavy. And... Quentin Williams was pretty unblockable this year. All right, guys. I know I'm a Jets fan, but the dude was a monster. Getting lots of hate last year, but it's okay. I don't think he deserves this Pro Bowl, but he's probably going to be all NFL second team, so I'm fine with that. Yeah, going over the list, we went over Chris Jones, Cameron Hayward, Clayus Campbell, but then you still have DeForest Buckner, yeah. and that's what makes it hard for me to put Quentin Williams here. I think DeForest Buckner, maybe over any of these guys, it's deserving mm-hmm. of the Pro Bowl, so I can't even put Quentin Williams above him. Yeah, He had a great season, but Pro Bowl worthy with those guys? Probably not. You know, with this year, I kind of already said it already, but we're only we're not only getting three guys at pretty much every single position, when usually we get like five or six. Yeah. Usually yeah. two of the guys decide not to play, and you get two extra guys pretty much at every single position. I think Quentin would be that second extra guy. Mm-hmm. I think you ought to give it to Depot, obviously. I but Quinnen is the guy right after him, in my opinion. So I see why he got left off. But I also see that he, another guy, will get some Pro Bowl nods later on in his career. Yeah, like Chris Jones is probably going to be playing the Super Bowl this year, but yeah. there's not going to be a substitution exactly. for him. Yeah. Exactly. Because there's no game to be played anyway. So. I don't like this next one. <laughs> Once again, Rodney Hudson left off the Pro Bowl roster He's got he's made it a couple times, but this guy's the best center in the NFL, and he constantly just fails to get recognition. I guess it's kind of a good thing you're not like, like as far as recognition goes, like it's kind of good to have guys like that and stuff. But it sucks for him. I think he should have gotten a Pro Bowl not multiple times, yeah. a lot more times than he has this. this I mean, you, you hit it hit right on it, Kyle. He's the best center in the league. You can't leave off the best center in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure the guys who made it over him. See, I mean, Jason Kelsey and Frank Ragnow. Oh, no, that's NFC, sorry. Yeah, Maurice Pouncey yeah, and Ryan Kelly. But I think it's been a narrative the past couple years 
when it came to running. He's the best center in the league, and he's not making Pro Bowls. Something about that doesn't sit right, mm-hmm. and I believe he should have made it. That's probably a guy who doesn't care, though. Yeah, he, he's a blue-collar guy. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't give a fuck about social media and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He doesn't post on Instagram that much. He's, he's a guy who just plays football and gets the job done. Mm-hmm. So our last person is a QB, oh, Ryan yeah. Tannehill. I had some doubts early on about Tannehill. He would have the, slop, the sophomore slump, you know, actually having to do something and not give it to Henry every time. But the dude balled out this year. Yeah. He proved me wrong. And, yeah, he should have been right behind Mahomes. Well, so, and, Josh so, Allen, and Josh Allen. So you would take Tannehill over Deshaun Watson? I would. Okay, so the poll, I'm not exactly sure how they decide, like, whether it's the best player or whether it's stats. Because yeah, yeah. I'm looking at some of these stats, and there's quite a few guys who should have if I'm taking the three best quarterbacks of the AFC, I think they got them right. Yeah. Personally, I think Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in this league, and Josh Allen's had a Amazing borderline season. MVP. He won't win the MVP. He yeah. will not win the MVP, but, but he played at an MVP level. Yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I don't put Tannehill above Watson or Allen, and then obviously Mahomes. Mahomes is going to be a Pro Bowl of the next 12, 15 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a question. How did they decide the long snapper for the Pro Bowl? Longest snap. Like, like, <laughs> like that's there, probably the one they took fan vote. Is there some honestly. analytics where they're like this this long snapper? Uh, there might be one. Yeah, man, like, we need Thomas Hennessy in the Pro Bowl. Like, come on, guys. there might be, that's the Jets long <laughs> snap. Yeah, there <laughs> might be people that just like look at like consistency. I guess on yeah. like who hasn't fumbled right. in yeah, two years? Taylor Pepper. I mean, why isn't he making the Pro Bowl? <laughs> Shout out Taylor Pepper, 49ers long snapper. Trent Seek, we saw him at Buffalo Wild Wings once. Yep. With the kicker and Nathan Peterman. That's that's something. <laughs> Got to see a legend. Oh, was yeah. a legend. Didn't look back at us after I said no. it. No, the funny thing about that is, though, like, everyone was surrounding us because we knew who they were. Yeah. No one knew who they were. Yeah, they, no, they asked us that. after, like, who, who was that? Yeah, we're like, bro, that, those are, what? Ten that's the backup quarterback for the Raiders. What are you talking about? I recognize Carlton first <laughs> yeah. before Peterman. Yeah, the, I recognized Peterson with his face in the dirt from getting sacked <laughs> after throwing a pick six. So hey. I, I wasn't. But well, Carlson's not bad. Hey, so. Carlson's a beast. So his brother's a pretty good kicker at yeah. uh, Auburn too. Well, the thing is, is so Daniel Carlson played at Auburn. His brother plays at Auburn, and that night we were watching the Auburn game. I think that's probably why they yeah. were there. Yeah. And so uh, I think Alex or maybe Skyler or somebody, one of us said, uh, "I think it was." I think, oh, look, yeah. Yeah, there's Carlson. I was like. He was, he was right. sitting in the corner. They were sitting like a corner table, like away from everyone else, yeah. probably. And I thought, I thought he meant like the kicker, like the Auburn kicker at that time. So Carl's yeah, like, yeah. okay, like well, that's kind of random. And then he <laughs> walked past us. I was like, wait a second, that Nate, Nate. I go, Nathan, Nathan. <laughs> I'm sorry, right, Alex didn't freak out. Yeah, yeah, but back to Ryan Tannehill. No, he should have made it. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they got it right. On that it's a tough one. Let's go to baseball, where we had a retirement in Howie Kendrick, 2019 playoff legend. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the better angels of all time in his stay over there. Uh, what a great career for him. Oh, man. yeah. I think uh, the Nationals should probably do something, put his name up in the in the rafters. Mm, I, I mean, I, it's their only championship. I don't know if I... If I he didn't play along. You're right. Enough. That's more on the Zimmerman lines. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe bring him back with for like 
I mean, I'm sure they'll have like a reunion for mm-hmm. that team. Exactly. I bring him back then, obviously. Huge ovations for him. I don't know if. I don't know if how to jump the gun. I don't. Yeah, I don't know Howie Kendrick's worthy of a jersey retirement raptor at National Stadium. He's a good player though, man. I yeah. even on the Angels, I enjoyed watching him. Never had any hate against him as an Ace fan. You know, he he did his job. That's yeah. that's pretty much all I gotta say about him. Yeah, Skyler, you got a lot of MLB trades that we're you're gonna run past us. Oh yeah, we're it's, gonna say if we think they're realistic or not, and if we take them, well, why? Should we just say which them? side we would take? Uh, just, uh, I don't know. Say why or not, why or why not it would work or wouldn't work. Yeah. Let's uh, just, let's hit it. Yeah. All right. First trade, we got the Yankees getting shortstop Trevor Story and the Rockies getting right-handed pitcher Adam Adovino and right-handed pitcher Clark Schmidt. Okay. So first off, I think this, out of all these trades, this is the most likely to happen as far as these two teams Mm -hmm. and these two, uh, like uh, trade pieces, I think Story has a it's a shot of moving this year. I think the Rockies are in a downhill trend as we've seen this last few years. Yankees obviously still trying to be competitive no matter what they're doing. Uh, the one thing that is a red flag for this is the return to Colorado. Yeah. They're gonna need more people than just Clark Schmidt. Uh, I know Adam Adovino, Adam Adovino is in there as well. I kind of said the same one, <laughs> but uh, I mean that's not an attractive piece at, at that point. Relievers you can get wherever, whenever. And uh, for a guy that they already had and didn't have a good that good of a season, no. like that, you're gonna need another prospect from the Yankees and a, or a, a player, and that's where I think perhaps uh, Andujar and if they sign DJ LeMahieu, that also makes Glaber Torres available. I do not think Glaber will become available. I could see Andujar. What what's the third baseman? Gio Urshela. 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 I could definitely see. Possibly a guy who they move, even though, I mean, third base is kind of locked down mm-hmm. in Colorado with Nolan Arenado. Well, he's on the trade block. Yeah, too. So he's on the trade block as well, but I don't necessarily see them trading both those guys in one offseason, especially this late. I think there would already been some, like, little more action going on with those names. Mm-hmm. As far as this trade, I think the Yankees are more likely to go after Lindor. Mm-hmm. If Lindor doesn't happen, then maybe they make a run at story. I'm not sure about, I don't know much about Clark Schmidt, except that he is an MLB The Show card. And Adam Adovino has a good slider. But I think the return would have to be more than just one prospect and a relief pitcher for Trevor Story, who's a top five shortstop in the league. Yeah. So next winter, Trevor Story is going to be asking for a lot of money. So it makes sense. I feel like in reality, Trevor Story would be available. But they're going to need a lot more in return, right? They need at least one more starter in here because that's the main problem in Colorado. They don't have any pitching and Clark Schmidt. Yeah, the Yankees. It's true. And the, the Yankees' biggest problem is starting pitching. Yeah. Well, also, then this would like, not be the team to do it with. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the thing is for the, like, the Rockies, like no matter who you have, the only way you're going to be a good pitching team in Colorado is if you get strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Another guy who could be thrown in uh, that we didn't talk, Clint Frazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the name that's been mentioned in trade talks a lot over the past couple years. He could be a guy thrown in there to complete that deal. It's true. All right. Well, number two is going to be the White Sox getting Josh Hader and the Brewers getting... Andrew Vaughn, first base DH. If I'm the White Sox, I'm saying no to this. Just because that's Andrew Vaughn is your third overall pick from mm-hmm. just two years ago. And 
Josh Hader is amazing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, relievers are cheap though. They are cheap. Yeah, you can get, uh, you can get a lot. Well, sorry, I kind of got thrown off by James Wiseman making a three. <laughs> but the Warriors are getting destroyed by the They way. are getting destroyed, but I like seeing James Wiseman make a three. But uh, relievers, good relievers are, are they're hard to come by, but they're also really easy to come by in, in the sense like you that you don't have to give up much for mm. them, even though they're really valuable. Relievers are the most interesting position in the MLB. Liam Hendricks, I'm not sure what year of his career like this will be, but another one. <laughs> I think this is like his ninth or something season. Yeah. For seven years, he was the guy who was bouncing around between AAA, the majors. I think he played overseas for a while, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. I don't think so. Okay, maybe not. Okay, but two years ago, a guy who was used as an opener slash mid-relief mop-up guy yeah. turns into the best reliever in baseball. Exactly. You can find relievers who have Diamond potential... And I don't think I'm giving up my number two or three overall pick from yeah. two years ago just to get Josh Hader as good as Josh Hader is. Jose Bray will be there for a while in Chicago, but Andrew Vaughn's a, a stud. You'll find a position for him to play. And if you really do want to trade him, you can get more than just Hader back for him. Oh, yeah. I agree. Andrew Vaughn is one of the purest hitters on that team, and that's already a crazy lineup. And... Going out and getting Josh Hader is just not worth it. I understand the White Sox are going to go win-now mode, but I say no. I, the, the thing I see them doing, in a few years, I think Jose Abreu will be turned to a DH with Encarnacion gone, everyone mm -hmm. gone, and Andrew Vaughn, immediate plug-and-play at first base. Yeah. Every day, He's every not athletic, too. He could play third. Yeah. And they have Moncada for third. Wow. Moncada, Anderson, Nick Madrigal. Thing yeah, yeah. But the White Sox farm system is loaded. And, and Andrew Vaughn is one of the guys I think they should hold on I to. I feel like Madrigal is a guy they would trade, though, yeah. for a believer. You know, not Vaughn. Don't I don't Vaughn. think Madrigal has quite the potential. Madrigal might hit 300 every year, mm -hmm. but he's going to hit. He's not going to hit the ball to the ballpark. But in that, five homers a year. In that lineup, though, having a guy that has a 400, 500... Or not 500, but 400, 420 uh, OBP, OBP. Early, in the early in your lineup or at the 9 spot. It's a good turnover guy. Yeah. Well, anyways, number three is going to be the Angels getting right-handed pitcher Carlos Carrasco. Cookie. And the Indians getting the outfield former top prospect Joe Adele. Uh. I'm saying no if I am the Angels. I'm not giving up my top prospect just like that. It's uh I think you're gonna need you're gonna need something more than Carlos Carrasco. No disrespect to him. Great story for, for Cookie. I think he's uh, one one of the fan favorites in the in the MLB. Mm -hmm. But uh I mean Joe Adele, straight up, just for one starter, like that's gonna be very tough to do. I don't think that's enough to get Lindor. I think maybe Adele and a couple other prospects just because of how good Lindor is is reasonable, but not for Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, if I'm the Angels and I'm making a trade with Cleveland that involves Joe Adele, it better be Francisco Lindor I'm getting in return. Carrasco, he's getting a little bit older. Not super old. He's still a very quality starting pitcher. And Joe Adele did struggle in his time in the majors last year, but that's not to say just get rid of him right now. 
he still possibly has a very bright future ahead of him in that outfield with Mike Trout. And I'm not giving him up just for Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, exactly. If uh, you're trading Joe Adele, it better be for a Lindor package. All right, the next trade is going to be the Phillies getting shortstop Xander Bogarts and right-handed pitcher Austin Bryce. The Red Sox getting three prospects. I'm not going to say their name. It's going to take too long. They're not notable prospects, so I'll just say their number and position. The number four prospect in the Phillies organization, right-handed pitcher, the number eight prospect in their organization, shortstop, and the number 27 prospect, left-handed pitcher. Uh, from the Red Sox, I'm saying no. I think you need, you need a, like, you need a dude, a legitimate dude to go give up Xander Bogarts. He's been so good for them. I think it's going to be tough for them, even with the state of their team right now, to give him up. Uh, see, I'm, I'm looking at these guys right now. Um, I think I'm saying no if I'm the Red Sox as well. Bogarts? There's a lot of really good shortstops in the MLB right now, and I think Bogarts is one of the most slept on. I think he's very above average hitting. I, I don't think he's the best defender, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But seeing these guys and these names that they're getting in return, I would say no. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say on that one, to be honest. All right. You know, I don't think this trade is very far off because Boston's a team that's going to blow it up pretty soon. And Bogarts is another one of those shortstops that's going to ask for way too much money next winter. They already, they already signed him. They did? I think he has I like a seven-year contract. Seven? Yeah, I think he has a long contract. I'm not I'm not positive on that one. Was, did Devers get an extension on I don't think so. I, I know one of them got an extension. I just don't remember which one. I'm pretty sure Vander Bogarts has a long contract. And if, if, if I'm the Red Sox, I'm investing... Like money into him like that. I'm not going to trade him unless I'm getting a very healthy package back. One twenty million through twenty twenty five. Yeah. yeah. Forget I, what I said. Yeah, I don't think that. Never mind. Yeah. Do not trade him. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I mean, well, that's a piece you keep there for the rebuild. That's a mm, good guy to keep yeah. around. At that point, he'll be a veteran. Yeah, he's solid a guy around. Well, the he's a veteran house. now. Yeah, he, and see, he probably already is. This is what his fifth year in the league, sixth or sixth. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, this next trade. Nationals getting outfield first base Joey Gallo and the Rangers getting number two prospect for the Nats, right-handed pitcher Cade Cavalli. You know, Joey Gallo out of all these guys is by far the most likely guy to get traded out of this list in my opinion. I think his time in Texas is is over and I think uh, the Rangers are going to lose an insane amount of games next year. They're going to just go crazy perhaps even set the record for most losses in a season. I think they're going to be that bad over there in uh, Arlington. But with that being said, I don't think Joey Gallo goes to the Nationals. I'm not sure where he goes, but that, that fit in Washington, I, I really don't see it. I'm kind of in the same boat. Right ideas by the Rangers to move Joey Gallo right now. Don't know if that's the right fit trade-wise. Don't know much about Cade Cavalli. Could be an absolute stud. But Joey Gallo, he's he's right. He's kind of the meta right now in baseball. Mm-hmm. He's not going to hit for a great average, but he's going to draw walks. He's going to hit home runs, and Three he's guy. he's athletic. A lot of people don't like when you think of Joey Gallo. You don't think he's an good athlete. Fielder. He's a good athlete, and he's an above average fielder. Whether you put him at first or the outfield, 
I like the idea of moving Gallo. Don't know if that's the right fit. You know, I think this one might actually work just because Katie Bali was drafted in the first round last year. Okay. So still and young. And he is, and a yeah. college guy okay. too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's possible that this guy could be pitching for the Rangers in a year. So I think that helps a little bit. I think that a little more. I'd be more likely to take that trade yeah. knowing that. Also, I don't think Gallo's uh, value is that high. I think he's a good player, mm-hmm. but just like how he plays, it's like it's it's so tough because he's not it's gonna, frustrating to watch. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to hit more than two ten in a season. He's yeah. just he's right. isn't. He, he, what he two years ago, he, he had an average team. bump. Then last year, he was horrible average wise again. Yeah. Exactly. All right. It's well, to be consistent at that point for him. The next trade is going to be the Padres getting right-handed pitcher Sonny Gray, the Reds getting left-handed pitcher and former top prospect Adrian Morion, yeah, and a couple of other prospects that aren't important. It's pretty yeah. much those two guys. I like Yeson. Oh, you do? He's from Santana and David Bednar. Yeah, yeah, well, the shortstop, Yeeson Santana, yeah. I guess, would be a notable. So, my bad, guys. What do you think about that? Uh, honestly, I, I can see this trade happening. I see Sonny moving this offseason, and I see Adrian Marejan and those other guys being his prospects that the Padres can move just because they're abundance Deep. of yeah. great prospects in their, their system. And San Diego's a team to go and get her. I mean, they we saw how many moves they made at the trade deadline. They made like eight trades in two days or something like that. Just rattle off guys like Mitch Moreland, uh, Trevor Rosenthal, uh, Jason Castro, Nola. Nola. They just got guys Steve, uh, not Steve Clevenger, Mike Clevenger. Just got guys over and over and over and over again. And uh, I could see him getting Sonny Gray. I think that'd be a good acquisition for both sides and perhaps help their pitch to go get the twenty twenty one. And also young, Trevor Bauer. Wow. That, that is actually an interesting point, considering Sonny Gray and Bauer were teammates last year. Mm-hmm. Not sure their friendship good. or whatever. They're, but. they're good friends. Same with uh, Clevenger. So, for me, this is the most likely trade, not the Gallo trade. Sonny Gray is a guy who I can almost guarantee will be moved this offseason mm-hmm. with the state the Reds are in. And with Mike Clevenger out for the year... The Padres really want to add another ace-type pitcher to that rotation. Sonny Gray pitched like an ace last year. He pitched like he was with the Oakland A's again. He wasn't yeah. the, He wasn't the New York Yankee mm-hmm. Sonny Gray who was god-awful, and the A's were happy they made that trade at the time. But Adrian Morihan, Morihan? Morihan. Morihan, former top prospect, a high upside guy that the Reds would get in return. Don't know much about Easton Santana and David Bedner, but any prospect in the Padres system seems like a good idea right now, considering yeah. how deep and talented they are. I think this would be a good trade for both sides. Exactly. My point was not the Padres getting another ace, because obviously that's that's nice, but that the Reds would probably be willing to take on this kind of B-minus, C-plus haul, just because potential they need depth everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Potential and depth. Yeah, yeah. And anyways, the last trade, guys. Kind of a pretty big one here. Mm-hmm. Save the blockbuster for last. The Blue Jays get right-handed pitcher U Darvish, and the Cubs get Lord Lords Lourdes Lourdes Guriel Jr., the number five right-handed pitching prospect for the Blue Jays, Alec Manoa. 
and the number 16 outfielder, Deshaun Brown. Uh, you know, how, with how good you Darvish was last year, I still think that the, the Blue Jays say no, just because giving up Lord dies is a lot. Mm-hmm. I think there's a very good chance that this trade could go through if the Cubs agree to it. If there is Teoscar Hernandez in that instead mm-hmm. of Lourdes, a uh, great 2020 season from uh, Teoscar really propelled his uh, his value. And, you know, I'm seeing, I have a really high feeling that most of these really good seasons in 2020 are flukes. Yeah. Like having a two month good two month season. And a lot of bad seasons are flukes too. Exactly. Like, I don't think Javi Baez is going to hit 200. I don't think Yelch is going to have yeah. that bad of a season either. The it's thing just... about you Darvish is though, it's not like the strikeout numbers came out of nowhere. No. He started off on fire too. Yeah. He, he played really, really well last year. And I I think you Darvish is going to be a guy though that, that has a really good season, regardless mm-hmm. of shortened or not, just because yeah. of how good he is. And just his movement. Like, movement's not something that. I mean, it's like streaky and stuff. It's, yeah. it's most likely going to be there. So for me, I'm also saying no if I'm the Blue Jays. For the reason Kyle also said, I don't want to move Florida's Guerrero Jr. The past two years, arguably he's been the best here in that lineup. And that lineup is very talented with Bichette, uh, Vlad Jr., obviously, and Teoscar Hernandez had a very good year last year. Plus, he's become a decent outfielder with a decent arm. I don't want to move Gurriel Jr. if I'm the Blue Jays with all that youth around. And I don't even know if I want to move Teoscar. The, the guy I'd be trying to trade, even though I don't think the Cubs would take this, would be Randall Gritchick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. More of a tradable piece, a little older, probably on a shorter, less expensive contract, and a guy that the Cubs may be able to maintain. Yeah. I don't know much about Alex Manoa or He's good. Tom Alex Brown, good. but also I just don't really see the Cubs trading Darvish, to be completely honest. So. Yeah, and that's why I say no, because yeah. if I'm the Cubs, I do not move you Darvish yet. I feel like their championship window is closing in pretty fast. I think it's closed, dude. I think it's closed. I, I think, I think Chris dude. Bryant is the mm-hmm. guy who could be on the move. Yeah. The thing is, too, you know... <laughs> They got knocked off by the Marlins, obviously, who had the weirdest season ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, Didn't play for three weeks. And maybe in a regular year, a regular series, they don't lose. And, you know, that obviously if you're looking on the outside of the NLCS, you're not looking to blow things up. So yeah. maybe they hold off for another year. Yeah. And then if you guys want to know what we thought about Francisco Lindor, check out last week's episode. Mm-hmm. As well. All right, that's going to wrap up the hot stove. Guys, uh, I'm getting a call from our on-field reporter, Paul Priest, right now. Paul, take it away. Thank you for having me on the Immaculate Sports Podcast this week. This week in the PNC Championship, we got to take a look at Charlie Woods, Tiger Woods' son. Charlie looked amazing out on the links this week. You know, I'm really excited to see him in the future and maybe even follow his father's legacy. But you better be careful because Winter could be out there as well. Maybe even Sky. So you never know. But Charlie Woods looked really, really promising this week. I'm excited to see what he has in store for us. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Charlie Woods is a future phenom. I like the it. beast, dude. The dude's got a pretty swing. I found it crazy how they took almost every single one of his drives over time. Tiger didn't even tee off on a lot of holes just because, I mean, granted, Charlie was playing from like 100 yards ahead. But if he put it in the fairway, Tiger would not even take a tee shot. Yeah. He was 
that confident that Charlie would be able to outdrive him from where he was playing. Which Charlie's for that an eleven year old, that's special. He's that dude. Seeing mm-hmm. seeing Tiger like happy and stuff is it's a good feeling. To have seen like his son like actually carry yeah. on his like Tiger's good for golf. Exactly. Yep. All right. That concludes <laughs> the halftime show. It was a long one. We'll be back with the second half in a sec. All right. We're back with the second half. Had to take a few minute break there. It's been a long episode, but we're ready for the second half. Those of you who are sticking <laughs> through it, we appreciate you. Yeah, shout out to you. But the basketball fans are going to love this part. Yeah, we had a full basketball second half besides our layups and uh, bold predictions and our best game of the week. Actually, some of them might include basketball. We'll see. But we're going to start off with our top eight projections. We're gonna, this is basically going to be a prediction show. So we're going to have our top eight predictions for uh, each conference. So basically just playoff teams. Together, yeah. take it away. And these are not in order, by the way. Yeah. All right. Should I start with the East or West? Doesn't Let's matter. The West. All right. The West. the West. We got one seed, Lakers. Two seed, Clippers. Shows in order. <laughs> we are not as prepared as Skylar. So. Yeah, I didn't put them in order. Oh. I just put them. Three seed, Nuggets. Four seed, Jazz. Five seed, Mavericks. Six seed, Warriors. Seven seed, Trailblazers, 8 seed, Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis, okay. So I have, in no order, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Warriors, the Rockets, but only if Harden stays for a full season. If not, I'm not sure who my 8th team would be, but it would not be the Rockets. Dallas and Portland. So I have the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Mavs, the Pelicans, Portland and the Rockets, my big team leaving out of this is the Jazz. Actually, I, I, I'm a believer in the I'd probably throw Phoenix or New Orleans in there for that eight spot if the Rockets trade Harden. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to the East now. I got Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami, Philly, Indy, Toronto, and Washington. For me, I'm going to go with Milwaukee, Miami, the Nets, who just dismantled our Golden State Warriors. Boston Celtics, 76ers, Pacers, Wizards with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, and the Toronto Raptors. For me, I have the Celtics, the Nets, the Sixers, the Raptors, the Bucks, the Heat, the Hawks, and the Wizards. So the big team being left out of this is the Pacers. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have a tough year this year. I, I'm a big believer in Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he's a stud. Oladipo will probably regress, but I think TJ Warren's pretty underrated too. Yeah, he had a good bubble, but I need to see it, you know, in a real NBA yeah, exactly. season. It's easier to shoot in the bubble as well, just because of like, like the background. Right now, it's the bonus is healthy. I mean, the Pacers were what a four seed, five seed last year, yeah. and they were missing a lot of pieces. I, I, st- I still think they're a playoff team. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I also I think it's gonna be a little bit different though. Obviously, we got the Nets like just being this good. I think yeah. it's gonna take one of those spots and. Who knows what the Hawks and the Wizards with with the guys yeah. that they got? Let's go to the. You guys want to do the the awards from the big awards first, and then yeah. The I, we do, do you want to do conference championships? Because we're already talking about playoff seedings first. Sure. And that works. Sure. And then get into awards. All right, that's fine. Yeah. Conference championships. Gather, take it away. All right. The Western Conference Championship will be the Lakers over the Nuggets in five again, back to back years. I just I I love both those teams. We're gonna match up again. I think the. I don't, on paper, the Lakers were not my favorite team last year going into the playoffs. Yes, they won. But the moves they made this offseason, you can't overlook. They've gotten 
marginally better, mm-hmm. even from last year. Montres Harrell. Yeah, so I, I'm going to have Lakers over Clippers, who I think the Clippers regress, but I still think have enough talent to make it there with Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Will, the other pieces they have. So I'm going to have Lakers over Clippers in six. I also have the Lakers returning to the NBA Finals, unfortunately. I do not want to see it happen, but I think it is going to happen. I have them beating the Golden State Warriors in six. All right. How about the the West or the Eastern Conference? Eastern Conference Finals. I got Milwaukee over Boston in seven. Giannis finally gets to the finals. Be cool. Nets over Bucks in five. Ooh. I have the Brooklyn Nets over the Miami Heat in five. All right. Go to the finals. Yep. I got Lakers over the Bucks in five. It sucks, but Lakers are way too good. <laughs> I was a big believer. Of Kevin Durant when he was on the Golden State Warriors. I think LeBron, legacy, he'll be the second best player of all time. But right now, I think Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. All right. And I think Kevin Durant and those Brooklyn Nets beat the Lakers in six in the finals. I think same thing, but it's going to take one more game. Nets over Lakers in seven. Let's go to our award predictions where we're going to start it off with the MVP, the biggest award there is. I'm going with Luka Doncic from the Mavericks. I just feel like he's going to average around a triple-double with 30 points, and you can't ignore that. Everything, to me, points to Luka, and I would take Luka, but I love the hometown team. Mm -hmm. I really do. So I'm going to take Steph Curry just for my pure love of Steph and the Warriors. Steph's going to have to be the guy. He's going to be back to his old ways, pulling up from... Hopefully deep. I mean, yeah. the Warriors are going to need him to do that again this year if they want to be successful. So I'm going to go with Steph. I think he'll average high 20s with, you know, 7, 8 assists per game. I'm also going to go with Steph. I think it's kind of biased. But also, yeah, like, he's going to have to do so much this year for this Warriors team to be a, a top, not a top seed, but one of the top or higher seeds in the playoffs for the west side, and uh, I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to play really well. Uh, obviously, it didn't really work out in the first game, but that was with no Draymond, and Draymond makes a bigger difference than what a, <laughs> what a lot of people think. Draymond's hated around the NBA, but he really is a big part of this Warriors team and really helped make things go. Yeah, let's go to one of the more fun awards to predict in Rookie of the Year. You know, the Rookie of the Year this year, was tough because there's not a lot of players from this draft class that are going to get a lot of minutes, you know, other than Wiseman and Edwards and, well, this guy right here. Even Edwards might not get a ton of minutes just with Minnesota in that Mm -hmm. lineup. Well, I got a little two-parter for you. Right now, I'm leaning towards LaMelo Ball just because his explosiveness is too much to keep him out of the lineup. You know, and obviously people are going to be watching his crazy highlights on ESPN, full-court passes. But my 1B, Tyrese Halliburton, had a great preseason. He's going to get a lot of minutes at shooting guard for the Kings, and consistency is good. Yeah, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. I'm oh. also going to go with LaMelo Ball. It's it's pretty much for the same reason. Of all the top draft picks, you know, the most supposedly talented guys, mm-hmm. LaMelo Ball is the guy who looks to see the most minutes. He's going to be that starting point guard over in Charlotte. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And he's going to be making highlights. Yeah. And highlights go a long way. I don't 
think he'll have the most points per game of this rookie class, but as far as name, flash, assists, and value to team, I think he's going to be at the top of the list. Mm. I'm going with Killian Hayes. This is Skyler's guy. I think yeah. in Detroit, he's going to actually be asked to do a lot, uh, even with guys like Blake Griffin and uh, Derek Rose being there, but he's going he's gonna to need to get it done. That's fair. Yeah. You got the starting job right away. It's his to lose. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Defensive Player of the Year. Who do you guys have? I'm sticking with Anthony Davis. He's one of the best players in the league. I mean, I, there's not much you could do to change my mind. He's going to average two blocks a game. So this one was a tough one for me. It was between the Stifle Tower, Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. and Bam Adebayo of the Heat. I'm actually going to go with Bam Adebayo. I was very impressed watching him in that playoff run from Miami last year. And I think he's I think he's continuing to grow as a player. And I think this year he's finally going to get some recognition and hopefully take home defensive player of the year. I think I So there's two candidates for this one for me is Rudy Gobert and uh Anthony Davis. And because uh Rudy Gobert kinda of started the COVID wave in the NBA, <laughs> I'm going with Anthony Davis. He cannot go back COVID from the NBA. Yeah. Rudy Gobert started COVID. It's the Rudy Gobert uh, virus. He ate the bat. Let's go to the coach of the year. Let's go. All right. My coach of the year is Brad Stevens. I'm predicting the Celtics to have the best record in the NBA, and he's going to get the nod. He kind of got screwed last year. Didn't get the award, but NBA is going to pay him back this year. I'm going to go with Steve Kerr, and this one's not just because I'm a Warrior fan. It's really not. This one, I thought about this one. This one, I thought a little bit more about than Steph. The Warriors are coming off a 15-win season. They had the worst record in the NBA. They went 15-50. and 50. Granted, a lot of their pieces were out. Steph didn't play. Clay was obviously out. No Kevin Durant for the Warriors. And Jordan Poole was their starting point guard. But this year, I think they're going to have a top four seed in the West. And with all those moving pieces, new guys being added, Kerr's going to be looked at as a coach who, you know, gets things done. He's a, he's a, he's a player's coach, and I think he'll get the nod as coach of the year. Uh, I'm going with Steve Nash as my coach of the year. I think it's going to be similar to Steve Kerr. Uh, I had him winning the, champ- the NBA Finals, and so I think it makes sense. Steve Nash for coach of the year. Simple. Uh, my favorite thing to predict for the yearly awards is the most improved player. Skyler, who do you have? My most improved player is going to be Christian Wood. Drafted him early in fantasy because I knew he was going to break out. You know, uh, James Harden is a little, uh, not a little, pretty big question mark right now yeah, for Houston. Probably the biggest question mark in all of the NBA. Oh, yeah. So I think Christian Wood's going to take over. He had a great year in Detroit, and there you go. Bam. For me, I'm going to go Michael Porter Jr. of the Denver Nuggets. Last year was his first full season. And he showed flashes throughout the whole season. I, I really like his offensive mm-hmm. game. He has room to grow on the defensive side of the ball, but he has all the athletic tan- tangibles. I'm not sure. All the athletic pieces he needs to be a good scorer and defender in the NBA. And I think this year he takes another step forward and becomes that net, or not nets, that Nuggets third piece. Uh, I'm going with a really big sleeper pick here. This guy averaged 10.9 points a game last year, and that's DeJounte Murray. Nobody's really even talking about this guy. I, I like think that. this guy's going to break out this year and perhaps see one of the next stars for this San Antonio Spurs mm-hmm. team. What about six men of the year? We got This is our last war that we're predicting. I'm sticking with Lou Williams. He's one of the only six men who 
play about 30 minutes of every game as a primary ball handler. Sticking with him. I'm going to go a little outside of the box here. I'm going to go with Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz. I don't think a lot of people are going to talk about him with, you know, the Lou Wills, Montez Harrells. Uh, I'm not sure if what, Schroeder's coming off the bench anymore. Do we... That seems bad, so we might have to start. Schroeder? Schroeder's, Schroeder's on the Lakers. On the Lakers. On the, I thought he's on KC. No, Schroeder's on the Lakers. Shy goes Alexander, by the way. Oh, also could be in there for most improved player. He's going to have an absolute monster year, I believe, for OKC. But I'm going to go with Jordan Clarkson. I think he's going to be a guy who can get, you know, 15 off the bench tonight for Utah. He's going to be... That Utah, they do have a lot of guards, but he's going to be that main scorer off the bench. And when you look at six men of the year, you look at guys who can score... And I think he's going to score the rock. I'm going with Lou Will. Keeping it short and sweet. So those are our, those are our <laughs> NBA go. predictions for the season. Come back to them in April. Um, one more Andrew. name to add. Is Tyler Hero coming off the bench? Sure he will. Because that is the guy who I could see yeah. winning a six-man award. That's true. Uh, either way, uh, those are our predictions. Come back to it in April or June. See how we did. Hopefully, I got them all right. Uh, <laughs> I doubt it, but we'll see how it goes. Let's go to the layups. Let's go to our, our ending segments, and let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last week in our layups, Brett had Buffalo minus six and a half at Denver. That covered. They blew, they blew. They blew them the fuck out, bro. It wasn't even close. That that whole team is insanely good. Uh, I had Kansas City minus three and a half versus New Orleans. They uh they won by three, so that didn't cover. Nope. <laughs> and Skyler had USC minus three and a half versus Oregon. Oregon won outright. Also did uh. not cover. Let's go to this week, Brett. Uh, for this week, I'm gonna go against Denver again. I actually am a Drew Locke fan. I I hope he does good. I think he has the tools to do good, but he's not Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert and the Chargers gonna go in there, three point favorite. I think they're gonna win by at least ten. I'm going with the Sunday night game. Well, I don't think the Packers' defense is going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. Uh, I think uh, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis might not have the biggest games because of the corners over there in Green Bay, but uh, there's no answer for King Henry, man. Titans by three and a half. Or Titans plus three and a half, so they only Mm -hmm. lose by field goal. Yeah, I'm taking Seattle minus three points at home against the Rams. I don't know what the Rams are doing, man. I mean, Jared Goff looked terrible against one of the worst teams okay. in the league. So I, I feel like Seattle's right in their uh, their little division lead run right now, and they're going to run away with this one. Yeah, I kind of like Rams plus three. I, 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 was gonna, I like, like the Rams. Really? It's a it's a bounce-back game, man. The, like The Rams do this. Every year they have they those couple exactly. games where Jared Goff looks like he shouldn't be on the field. This one happened to be worse than most. I mean, we lost to the Jets. It's hard to be worse. But the Rams are completely capable of beating the Seattle team. Seattle's defense still not very good. I think I would actually take the Rams in this game. Yeah, same. All right. Let's go to our bold predictions. Or We all got them wrong last week. But let's go over them. Brett had Iowa State beating uh, Oklahoma. They covered, but they lost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had... Philadelphia beating Arizona, it's close, but didn't happen. Skyler had Tulsa over Cincy, close, but didn't happen. I think all of them covered, but they didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So it's we not were, bold, we just were, covering. We were, we were, we were getting there. Yeah. Exactly. 
Let's go to this week. Brett, what's your pick? For this week, I'm going to go to the NBA. I'm going to go, I believe, for the first time away from college or NFL football. I have the Mavs beating the Lakers, who are about to tip off versus the Clippers on Christmas Day. I love Luka. I probably think he will win MVP, even though I really hope Steph does. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of go back on what I just said. But, I don't know. There's something about Luka that just makes me believe they can win every game. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I'm going to another Christmas Day game where I'm believing in the Pelicans. And this is not just to win. This is the win by 10-plus. Uh, a good margin of victory there. That's nothing against this Heat team. I just think the Pelicans are going to come to play this year. Mine is Kyle's off by 30 points. No. No, no. He's saying Heat didn't win by 20. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, though. My little prediction is going to be Jacksonville over the Bears, please. This isn't a please. prediction. This is more of a dream, a hope, yes. a wish. Gardner Minshew's back. Was back okay, Trubisky is bound for a blunder. All right, he's been playing pretty good since he came back. It's bound to happen. And after this week, the Jets will have retained the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence. Skyler, thing with your bold predictions is you always get them wrong. Yeah, I don't remember the last one you got right. So I'm not as bad as Alex, though. Hi, Alex. We miss you. Hope you're getting COVID tested. Yeah, hope you're getting tested. Alex is sick. He's been sneezing. So Very let's sick. Sure he's, uh, let's make sure he's okay. Wishes go out to him. Let's go to our best games before we get out of here. Brett, what's your For choice? me, I couldn't pick just one singular best game. I'm excited the NBA is back. I'm going to go with the whole Christmas Day slate of NBA games. Warriors, Bucks, Lakers, um, who did I just say? Mavs. And I, I can't mm-hmm. think of all the other games, but... There's actually five games, four games on Christmas Day. All of them I'm looking forward to. I will be sitting in front of my couch all day just watching basketball. That's the best part and, of my I Christmas. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, my best game is going to be the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl, and that's Liberty against number 12 Coastal Carolina. It's the battle of the unchosen group of five teams. Sure. Two good teams over there. Uh, I'm kind of... In between two spots here because I was going to go with the Titans and the Packers, Sunday Night Football. But I also kind of go with the, I kind of want to go with some Christmas football. Where we got the Vikings and the Saints going on a Christmas afternoon. Should be around 12.30 kickoff. That can be Alex's pick. I think that's going to be. We'll consider that Alex's pick. We get both in. I think that's going to be fun to watch. Christmas football, anytime you get football on, especially NFL football, it's going to be good. Watching mm-hmm. two offenses like that go at it is always those those games Vikings and yeah. Saints are always something something special. <sighs> well, that does it for those of you that celebrate Christmas. We made it out, no. boys. But yeah, actually, Merry Christmas to everyone. Oh yeah, Happy Holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, hope everybody's doing Kwanzaa, well. Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 a long one, but if you made it oh, here, yeah. we appreciate we you. We do appreciate you, all of you that listen, all twelve of you listening. Yeah. Thank you. But, uh, you matter. Oh, yeah. You I'm are strong. <laughs> we'll be back next Tuesday for episode 16. Yeah. Go Jaguars. Post Christmas. Go Zach Wilson. Yeah,